What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to Fitness Disrupted, a production of iHeartRadio. I am Tom Holland, and this is Fitness Disrupted. The rim to rim to rim. My run across the Grand Canyon and back. To say that I am sore today would be a gross understatement. My legs, my abs, parts of my arms, yes, It is really cool to do this podcast today because I am two days out from having just run across the Grand Canyon and back, which is known as the rim to rim to rim run. So you start on one side, you run down, you run up, and then you go back. There are people that do rim to rim. It is not possible to do it right now because there's really no way to get back unless you get dropped off on one side. You can do it. If you, you know, drop off a car and it's just the logistics are harder. So if you can run the whole thing, which is right around 50 miles, depending on the route you take and, you know, your kind of deviations from there, but it's around 50 miles across and back 50 miles. So I did this two days ago. I got back last night. My kids laughed when I walked in because, yes, I was sore then. And now the morning after or, you know, the two days after the delayed onset muscle soreness that I did a whole episode about. And most of you have experienced the first time you ever truly exercise, lift weights, you get that soreness that is unique. And it's not usually the day after, but two days. So after an event like this, sure, you are sore the next morning and you are even more sore two days. And that's where I am right now. So I thought, you know what? What a perfect time to do a show like this. And that's what I love about this medium is that I can do this and I have a producer who will turn this around ridiculously fast for me. And so while it's fresh and as I stand here, as I do, when I do this podcast, I stand standing desk in the studio. I am really sore. (laughs) I'm going to talk all about a quick race report. And that's what it's known as. And I just want to say that historically speaking, I don't, I haven't done race reports. So when you do an Ironman, when you do a marathon, an ultra marathon, a lot of times online, people will write up race reports and I've read them and they're great. And so they'll say, here's from start to finish. Here's what I ate. Here's my experiences. And they're super entertaining. They're super educational. You can learn from other people, obviously. I personally just... It's been more personal to me, I think. I've always wondered, like, why why don't I do it? And people have asked. 
I think racing is really personal to me. And there's a whole bunch of reasons, too, about, you know, sometimes I think it can sound like excuses when things go wrong because things are going to go wrong. And that is a huge part of this episode. This was one of the scariest things I've ever done, one of the hardest things I've ever done. I'm 51 years old. It is the longest I've ever exercised in my lifetime. So to say that I've done that at 51 is kind of crazy. But I thought, you know what? This is the time to do a race report. And that's what today's episode is going to be about. And so the rim to rim to rim run just finished it, went there with a friend. Uh, You know, I've been talking about potentially doing this for years. I'd heard about it, said that's nuts, almost went a couple years ago and then met this guy in my neighborhood. He is a true ultra runner. I have done a couple ultras. I'll talk about that. But this guy, Bill Ozane, he is the man when it comes to, to trail running and ultras, way more experienced than I. And we talked about it quickly and he said, we should do it. And I said, listen, let's pull the trigger. Let's book flights. Let's book hotels. No more talking. It's COVID. There are no races. Uh, this is pretty much, you know, one of the few things you can do. You got to do it on your own. And lo and behold, he booked everything. <laughs> And I had to go and I was so excited. And one of the greatest experiences I've ever had, and I've had many uh, when it comes to racing and challenging myself. So if you want to be entertained (laughs) at my expense, this is the show for you. A little schadenfreude maybe, but an amazing experience that I hope you'll enjoy. So when we come back, quick break, uh, quick, fun race report, my experience running across the Grand Canyon and back two days ago. We'll be right back. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules a 
a day. Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. So the rim to rim to rim. I have never been to the Grand Canyon. I'm sure many of you have before. So this was going to be uh, very cool in that regard as well. Only difference being was that I was going to have to run across it and then run back. Again, it's around 50 miles or different, a couple different trails you can take, ways in and out. As I'll say, uh, tell you further along, my watch, my Garmin watch was off, overestimated. I think it showed 56 miles, more closer to 50, and it's totally self-contained. In other words, you got to bring everything with you. And that part freaked me out amongst many other elements of it, the distance being (laughs) one of them. And you have to bring everything with you. Now, again, a little history. I have done several ultras in my lifetime. An ultra marathon, for those of you who don't know, is anything over 26. Uh, A 50K, 30 miles. There are 50 milers. There are 100 milers. And there's much farther. So anything over a marathon is considered an ultra. Years ago, when I was much fitter and younger, I did a 50 miler and actually was super fit and, again, younger and went fast, did a, did a, a sub nine hour, which is pretty good for a 50 miler. And then I did the run of Paliakala I've talked about before, incredible from sea level to the 10,000 foot summit of Mount Haleakala. Amazing, super challenging. That was around, if memory serves, a little over nine hours as well, straight up though, basically. And then I did a 50K not too long ago, 30 miler at Bear Mountain, brutal, just hills and up and down. And then some crazy 30-mile treadmill runs, things like that. But by and large, Ironman triathlons, marathons, and those handful of ultras. So this was going to be super challenging. Not just the distance, but the dropping down. You're running into a bowl. You're running downhill for seven, eight miles. You're running across, you know, seven, eight miles. And and then you're running straight up, you know, switchbacks. And then you're doing it again. Uh, So this was some crazy uncharted waters for me. Generally speaking, too, uh, when you do your research on this run, you either do it roughly in May or October, November when the temperatures are going to be favorable for you. And there are water stops along the way. And that's another thing you have to research. The trails you take are largely dependent on what water stops are open, what faucets are on, because you are carrying everything. This is not a race. There are no aid stations. And that was totally unique to me. Never done anything like this. So I had to go buy race vest. I had to buy running poles. I'll talk about all the gear I brought with me. Uh, and, and that was frightening because not only are you running roughly 50 miles, but you are carrying a heavy pack with you the entire way. And because you're in the Grand Canyon and, you know, the, uh, you, you carry out what you bring in. So you're not throwing anything away bringing out everything you brought in as well. So you can't lighten your pack as you go. Even your garbage, it all stays with you. But this was an amazing goal, and I was super excited for it. You probably are thinking, okay, training. How did you train? Uh, Much less than the average person would for this. And my thought on that as I was preparing notes for this is my goal is to be injury-free. If you've listened to the other podcasts, that is what I'm most proud of. So you generally get hurt in training. So my whole philosophy and uh, approach to to racing, especially at this age, and not even that this isn't a race, but, you know, challenging yourself is to do the perfect amount of work. You could call it the least amount of training to enjoy the race and not get injured. And that is what I'm most proud of as well. When I used to train clients and again, I'm living proof of it. That's it. I want to be healthy. I want to train, obviously train, but I'm not going to do, you know, five 35 milers in preparation for this. I'm not going to get injured and I'm not going to be completely fatigued going into the run. So that takes a lot of experience and a lot of education. And I've been doing this for a really long time. 
but that's that's how I approach this. So when I tell you my training, it was a handful of shorter runs. It was a lot of cross training, strength training, outdoor biking, all of the above, swimming, and then a handful, probably three runs over 10 miles, anywhere from 10 to, to 15, 16, about three of those. And then two weeks before this, I went out and did a 20 miler. And some of you may say that's too close. Those of you who are runners, I, you know, that's, that's what my body was telling me to do. So I went out and did 20 miler with the race pack, uh, getting acclimated to that, not totally packed up. And we'll talk about that, but two weeks out, I did a 20 miler. And so that was it. And for most ultra guys and most runners, they're going to do so much more, but you know what? They get hurt. And so the first major point I want you to take away from this is the goal for you, regardless of what you're doing, is to do the perfect amount of training so that you don't get hurt, that you stay healthy, and that you enjoy the event. And that is so important because so many people get hurt. And this is not a race. I don't care what my time is. And that is so essential to this whole podcast. Enjoyment is all about throwing that time. Who cares? And yes, I've already had people say, how long did it take you? And I know that that's for different reasons. But I was not going to, you know, do a specific time. And listen, there are many runners of the guy I was with. Bill had a time basically in mind. It's different. You have different approaches. And he trained much differently, many more miles to each their own. But my goal is, again, to not only get the perfect amount of training in, I have kids and I have a wife and I have a job. So balancing all of those things is super important. And you can do it, is my point. You can do these crazy things like run across the Grand Canyon and back without getting hurt. Now, I know you're going, that's insane. Now, obviously, this is a relative thing based on your goals. But what you learn when you do events like this is how absolutely amazing the human body is and how much we can do. And I am not Superman. And I had shin splints as a kid. I could not run as a kid. Sports, I was on the bench with shin splints my entire childhood and into high school you know, debilitating shin splints. So to think that I did at 51 what I just did should give hope to everyone out there. I am not Superman. This is my job. I have studied it and learned it and put it into practice. And I let ego aside. And all those important things I talk about on every podcast that you can do too. All right. So <laughs> we decide we're going to do it. And what happens? Bill texts me on Friday and he says, there's a huge storm coming in. We're going to have to run on Tuesday and that there's going to be snow and we're going to have to, you know, stay a day later. And this is Friday and we're supposed to fly out Sunday. And I said, well, what if we fly out Saturday? What if we go a day early? And he said, I'll get right back to you. And he gets back to me and he says, we could do that. I can change the flights. I can change the hotel, but we're going to have to go tomorrow morning. 6 a.m. And I'm like, I'm in. <laughs> and this is such a crucial point as well. Point number two, it is never perfect. Whatever plans you put out there, whatever goals you have, it is almost never exactly the way you lay it out. It, and and, it, and there will be 10, 12 twists and turns along the way. And you roll with the punches because there will always be obstacles. And so I was so excited that he said, yeah, let's do it. I thought he was going to say, no, let's wait. Let's run in the cold. I do not want to run in the cold. Uh, I did it for so many years, biking and running. And, uh, you know, at 51, I want it to be warmer. So he said, he's in, we're going. And so now I've got to change, you know, my plans. I had a whole, you know, uh, fueling up plan that now was a day off. I, I didn't have that day. So what? So you, you keep moving forward and you adapt. So we're in, we're going. I have to scramble. I have to go buy some stuff that I thought I had another day to get. And that's why you always want to be as prepared as possible as quickly and, uh, you know, as you can be, because things will always go wrong. It's not a matter of if, but when, and you just keep moving forward. So 
got everything I needed, packed my bags. We left bright and early. This was this was always a, a bright and early weekend. So uh, up at 3 a.m. for a 6.15 flight out Saturday morning. 6.15 flight, bright and early. Uh, flight, we get there, jump in the rental car, three-hour, you know, roughly drive from Phoenix to the Grand Canyon, and we're good to go. We get to the Grand Canyon. I've never been. We park. We look out. Got the tourists looking all out. And I go, oh, my gosh. I got to run across that and back. And this is where the doubt starts to settle in. And you go, this amazing, you know, natural wonder of the world I'm looking out at. And I decided that I have to run across it and back. Why don't I just enjoy this like every other tourist? So I'm excited as can be. And again, for the first time in a really long time, I've got those doubts and I'm nervous. I haven't been nervous in that way in so long. And you know what? That was exciting to me. Because the line is, if your goals don't scare you some, if your big goals, you should have, uh, you know, short-term, smaller goals, and a couple big ones, fitness, finance, family, everything, if they don't scare you, they're not big enough. And this one scared me on multiple levels. And so I embraced it because I chose it. I chose to do this. And I'm healthy enough to do it. And I remind myself of that. Right now, I did it the entire time I was running and when I was nervous looking out before, okay? So we, we did the look. We go, okay, here we are. And then we said, we got to fuel up. So we found nice, simple restaurant, pasta, perfect. You know, I'm going to, you got to carb up. You need those carbs before. And super important, you're running 50 miles. You need as much fuel in you as possible. So I, I keep it simple, I figured out over the years, I've experimented with many different things, pre-race fueling different for everybody, but I want it simple. You don't want to try something different. You want stuff that is going to fuel you up and uh, not screw you up as far as GI issues and things like that. So basic pasta and meatballs. As I was eating outside, we were both eating, you know, uh, outside at a bench, uh, bird pooped on my head. So, you know, that's supposedly good luck. Luckily, I was wearing a hat. But there you go. I was like, okay, that's a sign. I hope, I hope it's a good one. I hope it holds true because I'm nervous. Back to the hotel. So now I got to pack up. Got to pack up. I got to pack up my packet, everything ready. You don't want to wake up because I'm getting up at 2.30 a.m. because we got to start in the dark. We got to start in the dark. And that scared the heck out of me. And you know what? Perfect time for the final break. So it's the night before and I'm starting to freak out. I'm starting to freak out because this is new. This is far. This is in the dark. This is on cliffs. For those of you who have seen or walked that, I had seen videos and it's 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 scary. So gonna run that in the dark for three plus hours and possibly at night as well. And that was scaring the heck out of me. Final break, we'll be right back. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. 
Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. All right, so we're at the hotel. He's packing up. I'm packing up. Got to bring everything with us. Now, Bill was amazing. He, again, was is an experienced ultra runner, and he is one of these, you know, cross every T, dot every I, very, very analytical, super helpful. You know, he gave me a list. I obviously do my research. I had done, you know, some longer runs, uh, but there's a lot to bring. And... That was scaring the heck out of me too. Why? Because when I picked up my vest after I packed it and thought, I have to carry this. It's hard enough to run 50 miles. It's hard enough to run down and up. The elevation change, 12,000 feet when we were done looking at the watch, crazy. And so what was it? What did I put in? Okay, here you go. 15 goos, 15 gel packs for those of you who uh, understand. That's carbohydrate. I have to bring as, uh, as I got to bring water and I got to bring fuel. And I also have to bring sports drink. So I'm going to be able to get water and that's it. So 15 goos, those are the single gel packs, about 100 calories each. Four packs of Gatorade Endurance. So that is a specific, uh, it's a powder. So think of your sports drinks. Now I'm going to pour that into my flasks and make my own as we go. So within that race vest on my back is a two liter pouch to put water in. Okay, that's big, two liters. On my chest, I have two water bottles. That's gonna be my sports drink. And those are 17 ounces each. See how heavy it's getting now? So I'm going to drink. I, I started with those filled, my chest bottles, 17 ounces of already. I just poured in sports drink. And then when I finished those, I was going to put water in them and add in the powder. And that was going to give me about, you know, four, six, eight more bottles of, yeah, about eight bottles of sports drink. All right. So four packs of that. And then salt, super important. I will talk about that. A little tiny vial of salt. You put your thumb, you lick your thumb, you open up the vial, you shake it, you lick your thumb, salt. So important. So that was going. I had two packs of, of goo blocks. So those are semi-soft, kind of chews, a couple hundred calories each. I had two cliff bars. That was my only kind of hard, solid food. So generally speaking, when you're running, you want as many calories to come from liquids as possible. The harder the food, the harder it is to digest, the more solid. And so, again, this is so individual, but generally speaking, you want your calories to be 
as much liquids, as much semi-solids as possible so you don't have GI issues when you're running. So two Cliff Bars, those are about 250 calories each. And so when you total it all up with the sports drink and everything else, right around 3,500 calories. And looking back, I should have done a little bit more. All right. Along with that. So that's all going in the vest, people. All of it. Then extra batteries for a headlamp. So I got to wear a headlamp. I haven't worn a headlamp since I did adventure racing 20 years ago, at least. So that was a new thing or, you know, thing I hadn't done in a really long time. So extra batteries for that. Bring in a GoPro. Had a GoPro as well. Got to grab some footage. Have a phone. Uh, pictures and, you know, when I get out and I got to, you know, uh, get back to the hotel, all that kind of stuff. So I got my phone. Now the elements, it's, we're going to start at about 40 degrees. It's going to get back uh, up to about 80. And then it's potentially going to be cold on the North Rim and when I finish as well. So because of inclement weather coming in, I have a super light raincoat, like folds down to nothing. I also had a warm jacket performance jacket, rolled it up super tight, but that was in case, you know, it got super cold. And I had a thin hat, you know, winter hat, really thin though. Didn't end up using that, by the way. Had gloves, which I would definitely knew that I would use because my hands get super cold at this age. And then I'm bringing running poles and running poles were the first time I've ever used these. And that was a question. Do we bring those or not? And we went back and forth and back and forth. And because of the internet, because of video now, everybody, you do your homework. And the consensus was you bring them. And I had never used them before. And I'll get to that really quickly, actually. Finally, so that all packed up and I picked it up and I freaked out. And I was like, this has to be at least 10 pounds. I found out later, Bill weighed his vest 15 pounds for his. Now he brought more gear than I did, but mine, I I would guesstimate at least 10. So that stress started to kick in. And then finally, I brought oatmeal, plain oatmeal with me in, you know, sealed saran uh, bag. And so that night after the pasta, I still want more carbs. I want to start that race with as much fuel in the tank as possible. So oatmeal poured it into a cup, water. There was actually a microwave there, but if there wasn't, didn't matter to me. I've done it cold as well. And so you know, a cup or two of oatmeal right before bed. Perfect. Easy on the stomach, slow releasing. And I had two more ready to go in the morning. All right. So freaking out. Now, let me say this. One thing I violate because, again, I don't want to get hurt, but it's never perfect. And one of the rules of of doing an event or a race is you never try anything during the event that you haven't practiced. Well, I get it. And yes, I should have practiced with the poles. I should have run with the weight, the vest as heavy and the exact weight that I was going to use during the run itself. Didn't get there. And I have a lot of experience and there were certain things I had time to do and certain things I didn't. And I knew that. But know that whatever you're doing, you obviously want to try to approximate your training as much as possible so that you don't have anything surprising during the event itself. Sometimes that's possible. Sometimes it isn't. And sometimes you go, you know what? I'm okay with trying this out. And only the truly experienced should kind of take that chance with certain things, but the polls, no big deal, right? Uh, And by the way, I could strap them on my pack if I didn't want them. They fold up. They're amazing. And I was kind of excited to use them. All right. So the fear sat back and said, okay, good to go. I'm kind of excited because I haven't felt this nervous in a really long time. Set the alarm clock, 2.30 a.m. 2.30 a.m. Oh, went to bed, by the way. Here's the other great thing. Overlooked. Going from Connecticut to Arizona, this is the perfect time change. Perfect. So 6 a.m. flight. We get there, drive. We're three hours behind now. So when I go to bed at 7.30, I usually go to bed much later, It's about 10 o'clock at home, right? 10.30. And so I get up at two, not too bad. I get some good sleep, which is rare. So flying west worked out perfectly as far as starting in the dark. And we started in the dark. So woke up, 2.30 a.m., alarm goes off. I'm excited. I'm feeling good. Body feels good. Again, I haven't trained, overtrained. There's no nagging injuries or anything. But 
the nagging question too is, did I do enough? Is that 120 mile, or for most people, that's not even going to be close to enough. I also have years of racing and years of training, and that is not talked about enough. And I've talked about it in other podcasts. You have a base of strength. And that's why when pro triathletes and runners and other pro athletes talk about what they do after and you don't need to do that much, they are right, but they also have a base. So in other words, when you put in all that work, I would argue, and my experience has been, it pays off that you shouldn't do as much. Now, your goals are different. You're not going as fast. But my goal is to enjoy it and to complete it. To enjoy it and to complete it. That's it. I don't care how fast I go. And let me throw one and not get hurt during. And that was a huge part, too, when it came to pacing and not caring how fast I went. All right. So wake up, have those two cups of oatmeal again. Perfect. You know, simple more carbs in the morning, top off the fuel tank and getting ready to go. Now, chafing <laughs> for anyone who's done a long event is a huge issue. So I body glide, that's a specific type of product that you use my entire, you know, every area where you think you're going to chafe, uh, the body glide goes. And that's huge because chafing is, is just, you don't want that friction and you can minimize it and almost, you know, avoid it completely if you do this correctly. So body glide up, some coffee, the oatmeal, and get dressed. Now, what am I going to wear? It's 40 degrees, uh, but it's going to get up to 80. So I was in shorts. I was in a T-shirt that was kind of a performance tight performance fiber. And then arm warmers. So arm warmers that roll up, and then I can roll them down or take them off. So it's kind of a long sleeve shirt of sorts, uh, you know, with the t-shirt and the arm warmers. And then I put a thin shirt over. Now stepped outside and said, you know what? I'm probably going to take this shirt off and just run in the t-shirt pretty quickly because you're going to drop into the canyon and the temperature warms up quickly. So not wearing a lot. T-shirt, arm warmers, thin long sleeve shirt over performance fiber. And that's it with the shorts. I got everything in the pack, the colder weather jacket if I need that. And so that's going to be good to go as well. All right, let's get into this. <laughs> let's get into it. So jump in the car with Bill, drive to the canyon. We're close, about 15 minutes away. We left at 3.15. Goal was to be running by 4 a.m. We were out at 3.45. I've never been scared like that in that way when we started. It's pitch dark. Bill's in great shape. Bill is an ultra runner. Bill's younger. He trained more and he's gone. <laughs> Not totally gone, but, you know, we're going to we're going to basically run alone. And that will be uh, a theme as I go along. But we're standing at the top. We start the watches and we go. Now, the only saving grace to me right then was that I couldn't see the sides of the cliff. I couldn't see what I was, uh, you know, running down. I just focused on the trail, which was very narrow. And any of you who have walked it know, it is super exposed. So one wrong step and you're in trouble and you're super high. You know, you're, you're starting at 6,500 feet and you're dropping. So Bill and I are running and I am using all my mental tips and tricks and things I've learned over the years just to stay focused. And so I literally just focused on the trail ahead of me, didn't think what was to the side, and just ran. And it was hard because you're going down. So it's not going fast. And Bill is true ultra runners. It's a technique. It is so unique. You know, it's nothing like running on the roads, especially when you're descending, you're using poles. Uh, I was going much slower. I also, by the way, have one weak link when it comes to running on trails like that. I roll my ankles like crazy and Primarily the 50 mile in the woods was... and I must have fallen 15 times, 20 times. So my goal was to not do that because you roll your ankle, you can still run and I've done it many times, uh, even though it hurts. You know, if you haven't really hurt yourself, it's just rolling it and those of you who have done it, experienced it. So my goal was not to do that. Slow pace, slow pace. So we ran, he was up ahead and he would stop periodically, but by and large, I would be running for 45, an hour. Then I would catch up to him. He'd wait, and then we'd take off again. And that three hours in the dark, running down the Grand Canyon, 
just us, no one else, by headlamp, was amazing. And it was frightening. And it was truly testing me in a way that I haven't been tested before. And all the time I'm thinking, I got to pace myself. This is just the start. This is just the start. But as we're going to, I am reminding myself how amazing this is. How amazing that I have the ability to get there and enjoy this and do this and I'm healthy enough and to experience the Grand Canyon in this unique way. Amazing. So we did that for like 10 miles. Now the whole way I am hydrating. You have these special tubes that come off. So you have a tube that comes off that two liter water, uh, comes across your chest. You put it right in your mouth. Every 10 minutes or so, I am drinking that. Every five or 10 minutes, I'm taking some sports drink as well. Every 45 minutes or so, I'm taking a goo. So a couple hundred calories, 100 to 200 calories every 45 minutes and hydrating and Gatorade periodically. I have to front load to get across and enjoy this and get back. And it was spectacular. And about 7 a.m., the sun comes up and Bill is waiting and watch as the Grand Canyon woke up. And it was one of the most amazing amazing experiences, one of the most incredible surroundings. And I've been in amazing places to, to see because it's been pitch dark. Haven't seen, again, thank goodness, as I was running down. And now you can see what you've been running through. And it was amazing. Again, for those of you who have been there, this was my first time. And now I'm down in it. And incredible, incredible. All right. So now we're going, we're into it. We're 10 miles in and I'm feeling good. And by the way, I keep checking my body. The goal is to be in the moment. I'm never thinking ahead. And I am just thankful that the body feels as good as it does. And I was shocked at how good. Now, again, the question is, well, do you feel that good? Because you haven't trained that much. That's part of it. But I'm, you know, I've been running downhill, which is brutal on the legs, by the way. You know, the downhills and the uphills, just, you got to be, you know, uh, they shred your legs. And, you know, super hard, super slow going. I would much rather run faster on flat than slower up and down. Just really hard. So we're running. And now Bill is in charge of navigation. We talked about how we're going to stay on this Bright Angel Trail, by the way. And he's way ahead. And there's a fork in the road. I can go one way or the other. And I'm looking at that sign and I'm cursing myself out because Stupid me, and I'll admit it, right? You should never do uh, an event like that and not know exactly the route. Now, again, it was a very simple route. This would be the only true fork in the road, but it was a fork in the road, and I have no sense of direction. And given two choices, I'm going to make the wrong one. And so I am cursing myself. I'm staring at that sign. And then all of a sudden, I look down, and there is a rock formation pointing to the right, an arrow. There are rocks in the form of an arrow pointing to the right. And I thought, oh my gosh, Bill has <laughs> left me an arrow. And then I thought, well, maybe it's not Bill. And I thought, it's got to be Bill. There's no one, you know, there's a couple other people out there, I'm sure. And we ended up seeing people, but he left me a rock arrow. So off I go. And sure enough, as I saw him later, he confirmed that he left the arrow for me. But note to all of you, again, don't do as I do. And uh, if you are challenged uh, directionally, uh, have the map with you. Um, I did not. So uh, laughed at, that I, you know, hadn't seen the rocks right away because it was a big uh, <laughs> formation, but off I go. All right. And again, I am just loving every second. And I'm loving that it's not a race, that I don't care about time. And that's point number three in this whole race report lesson is that we are so tied up in what other people think. You know, when people do marathons and whatever the event is, you know, what other people are going to think about what you did. And this, you know, it sounds selfish to say it's not about anyone else but you. It's your time and it's your suffering and it's your learning about yourself. And so I couldn't care less what my finishing time was. And it's taken a long time to get there. Yes, I raced, you know, years ago. And there are certain times when I care, but it's, 
it's a totally different now. And I talked about this with Dean Karnazes and when I interviewed him, and it is one of the most freeing things when you truly get to that point when you don't care what other people think. And again, it sounds like it's a selfish thing and self-centered, but it's absolutely the opposite. It's that this is for you. And there were moments super spiritual, by the way. And that's personal (laughs) or for another show. But it's about being in the moment, enjoying every step, looking around at where I was. You know, I used to do, you know, be in the races in like New Zealand and South Korea and China, amazing locations. And I would just notice the people who were racing and not you know, truly enjoying the moment. And I get it and enjoying the surroundings, but they're not mutually exclusive. They're not. You can enjoy it and take it in. Now, I was doing that at a different level. I was taking some pictures and slowing down, but who cares is my point. Who cares? Enjoy it. Now, my only stressor, I should say, was that Bill and I, and I'm surprised we didn't have the conversation that he should just go ahead. So. At that point, about halfway across the Grand Canyon for the first leg, I just wanted to catch up to him and tell him to go, to not wait any longer. You know, he would wait at certain water stops and things like that. And that was the only stressor. Everything else was just amazing. And I was constantly checking my body and being thankful that it was responding so well. All right. At mile 17... Get to a water station, there's Bill, or no, I'm sorry, he wasn't there. The people told me that he had just left and <laughs> that he had waited around but was getting cold. So that, again, little stressed. I wanted him to know that he should go ahead. So now we're climbing to the north rim. We started on the south rim. Now we're climbing to the north. He's ahead of me, and that's up at 8,500 feet. So that's going to be altitude. So it was brutal. And that's where you start to question. This was super hard, a mile is so slow going when you're climbing to 8,500 feet as quickly as we were. And so this is where you start to question and think, can I get back? And again, I just kept checking my body. I was fueling. I was going, this is, this is going to be fine. I'm going to finish. I don't have to rush. I don't have a time. I'm not trying to qualify for the Hawaii Ironman. I'm not trying to break three hours for a marathon. I'm, I'm just here to enjoy it. And it was so special. I truly love this whole ultra running for that reason is that it it really takes the focus off that. So as I'm suffering on the way up, sure enough, here comes Bill on his way down, which I expected. And it was such a freeing moment. We stopped quickly, you know, checked in with each other. He was looking great. And I said, Bill, go. I will see you at the finish. I will see you at the finish. And that was the final weight lifted off me. And it wasn't a huge one because I knew, you know, deep down that he was doing his thing, obviously. But I wanted to have that final conversation where I, I wanted him to know he should just go. Not that he wouldn't have anyway, but he didn't have to wait around the way he was. And so now I'm good to go. And now I'm suffering. So that final climb to the North Rim, brutal. So slow going. Got to the top. It is so windy and cold. The temperature changes. The environment changes. Uh, for those of you who haven't been to the Grand Canyon, incredible. Every thousand feet, it's different. And it was just amazing. So got to the top. First time, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm suffering. You know, I'm still feeling good, by the way. There's such a difference. So I didn't have, I, I, I hadn't fallen. I hadn't twisted my ankle. There was no major issues. Was I tired? Yeah. Was the altitude like really, I could feel it? Absolutely. But that's okay. And here's, what, what number are we on? Takeaway number four, I think, is the most incredible lesson you learn. And I've said this on other shows from doing these events is that no matter how bad you feel at one point, you can feel incredible later on. And that's counterintuitive. That doesn't make sense. So you think I just made it across. I have to go back. So I'm 20 some odd miles in 25. I got to go back, but I feel like garbage as far as just the altitude and, you know, Bodies, you know, there's no major issues, but this is challenging. But I know, because I've been there, that I can feel even better. So you don't pack it in. You don't start the negative self-talk. Listen to my podcast on self-talk. You don't start that. I had positive self-talk 
the entire time. And it is a it is an art and something you need to practice. And I am amazed at how it has changed for me over the years that during this event, keeping the negative thoughts out of my head was easier than it's ever been before in one of the most challenging tasks I've taken than ever before. And that was practice and that's self-efficacy. And that's why I talk about on Fitness Disrupted. And that will be the takeaway too about challenging yourself, how you learn. And it sounds so simple and so commonsensical, but you have to experience it. I'm not Superman. And by the way, I ran by and, and got passed by probably 15 other people doing this run. A bunch of women, incredibly fit, some solo, some in you know groups of two, pairs of two, and one group of four or five, which blew me away that they could stay together for that long. I mean, Bill and I stayed together for 10 seconds. <laughs> so we're not Superman or Superwomen. We've just learned. And so that is such an incredible takeaway. And it goes for life that you're going through tough times and you think it's, it, it's you know, like you're a teenager. It's the be all end all. You cannot see the light at the end of the tunnel. And not only is there a light at the end of the tunnel, but it's even better than you think as far as how you can feel. And again, it's counterintuitive. It doesn't make sense. You shouldn't feel better at mile 40 than you did at mile 20. But that's exactly how it played out for me and has so many times. But if you let the negative talk take over, you're finished. And that's why at the end of every podcast, I talk about controlling our attitudes because that is everything. All right, had the cliff bar. First time I've had solids. It felt like rocket fuel. I get off that rim and I say, okay, now I'm running home. And as crazy as it sounds, I used to do the marathons where you get to mile 20, you go, okay, it's six more miles. For this one, I got to mile 25-ish and I said, okay, now I just got to go back. And that was the way to chunk it mentally that really worked for me. And that surprised even me. I was like, wait a minute. I'm basically saying I just have to do another marathon and then I'm done. But that was okay mentally. I was going home. I was going back. And our mental framing and reframing is everything. All right? So going back down, feeling good, getting off that, you know, 8,500 foot altitude, and I'm going back. And yeah, I'm getting tired, but I'm shocked at how I haven't fallen, which is remarkable. But I'm going slowly, and I'm fueling, and I'm pacing, and I'm using all the mental tips. I'm enjoying the moment. I'm looking around saying, this is insane. How incredible that I'm here and that I'm healthy enough to do this. And I'm 51. <laughs> Again, I'm pretty sure I was the oldest one out there doing the rim to rim, at least on that day. But there are older people than me as well. I know some of you have reached out and said, stop talking about being old at 51. You're right. You're right. All right, so home stretch, 25 miles to go. And I'm feeling good, again, because the one weight that I had about, you know, feeling uh, bad that Bill was waiting, now I don't have to worry about that. Now I can just go. And we should have had that conversation. And if you ever do something like this or with a friend, anything, have that conversation. Uh, It makes a difference mentally, should. So running, running, enjoying, beautiful, taking pictures. And now I'm getting tired, 30 some odd miles in, you're starting to get a little goofy. So making sure to stay on top of the hydration, taking in the gels every 45 minutes or so, uh, taking in my salt because uh, cramping, not something I want to have happen. Talked about that on prior episodes. We'll talk about that more. Big believer in salt to prevent cramping, at least for me. And my experience, it has worked wonders. The one thing that I can definitively say in all my years of endurance races that has made a remarkable difference is the salt. And then I'm running down a trail. It's beautiful. We're getting closer to sunset, but it's hot. It's about 80 degrees, about an hour or so before sunset. And rattlesnake right in the middle of the trail. Rattlesnake nearly stepped on it. I was kind of excited that I saw a rattlesnake. Never seen one before. It scampers off and I was going to, I didn't say that I brought headphones with me and it was a question if I would listen to music at any point. No. I said, there's no way. As much as I love music, I need to have all my faculties about me, uh, especially if there's rattlesnakes and there's other wildlife in the canyon, obviously. So 
no, no music. So now completely alone. This has been amazing. The body is good. And I'm getting ready to have the final stretch, which is going to be night. And this is going to be challenging. And I realized that I thought I would potentially finish before uh, the sunset. I had no idea. There's uncharted waters. I hoped that I would finish before. There was no chance. And so now I'm getting nervous again, because now I'm on my own. It's going to be dark. I'm going to be really fatigued and I'm going up and I'm on that cliff, you know, on the side, really exposed and I'm all by myself. And I am praying that the batteries on my headlamp don't die. Now I got backups, thank goodness, but that's it. And so I'm reframing again and I'm thinking like, this is not Everest. I feel good. The weather is perfect. So I'm constantly reminding myself of what's good. And the final takeaway before I, you know, wrap it all up is what I did at that time and throughout the entire run was remind myself of all of my worries and fears that it was going to snow, that it was going to be too cold, that I was going to fall off the side, that my legs were going to be shredded early on, that I, you know, uh, was going to feel like garbage. All of these things that were worries that I thought of and that I put aside. All of the things, and it was a long list that could have gone wrong. They didn't. And that's how I'm going to bring it all together in a second. I promise. <laughs> so let's just go to nightfall. It's night. And now I'm like, okay, I got three hours. Most likely I'm doing the math now because I'm climbing out and it is so slow going and I'm tired and I'm just beaten up, but I'm good. And again, I didn't fall. I'm fatigued, but I know I can finish. I just have to keep moving forward. Slow is still moving forward. And when you don't have a finishing time and your goal is just to finish and your goal is to enjoy it, then you go. But I was just praying <laughs> that that headlamp was good. And by the way, the wind started picking up early on. We had gusts up to 40, 50 miles an hour. And that got scary because now it's dark and I've got the headlamp and I'm tired and I got three hours climbing out. But again, I would say to myself, this isn't Everest. Other people have done this. And that was a constant refrain, by the way. Other people have done this. Other people have done this. If they can do it, so can I. You've got to remind yourself of that. And I've used that for Ironmans when I first started, swim start, craziness. Other people are doing this. So can I, and so can you. But I have to say that that three hours was one of the most uniquely challenging mentally and physically that I've had in my lifetime. It started to rain. And I thought, oh, here we go. I got a couple hours left. And I thought, do I put on my rain jacket? thought, you know what? It's not that cold. I'm good. I have it if I need it, but I don't want to stop because truly the legs were starting to give out. I was really tired. I'm 40 some odd miles in. And so I said, I just got to get to the finish. Just keep moving forward. And that was some crazy challenging times. And that final two, 1.5, one mile to go, an eternity an eternity. And now the rain started coming down harder and it was getting cold. And about 1.5 miles from the finish, I said, do I put the jacket on? I said, no, I'm just going to keep going. I'm good. Like, yeah, it's getting cold, but slowing down, stopping. I'm going to be colder. I got, you know, who knows how long to get back out of here because it was so steep last three miles, but I'm going to keep moving. I'm going to keep moving. And long story short, <laughs> or not so short, all of a sudden, because you don't really see where the, the top is, it's dark, and you're by yourself. And I pop around a corner because it's switchbacks all the way up, and there's a headlamp, and a couple other people, and one of the people says, you know, hi, I say hi back, and then the other person with the headlamp says, hey, and I say hey back. And he said, hey, it's me. And I look up and it's Bill. He'd come back. He had finished ahead of me, long, long ahead of me, had gone back. 
<laughs> checked into the hotel, which was just, you know, a little ways away, uh, walking and came back, which was amazing. And the feeling of completion and just having done yet another incredibly challenging physical and mental and more mental was it's the greatest feeling and we need to challenge ourselves and to uh, have had at 51 that experience the longest 16 some odd hours by the way I gotta look my watch died by the way two miles from the finish that's how long it took fully charged garmin died incredible and I haven't been that tired and fatigued in years. And that's what it was all about. So final point, it's about challenging yourself. It's about collecting experiences. I don't care about the material stuff. Couldn't care less. It's that experience I just had with an amazing guy, Bill, like no better person to do this with. And to have challenged myself at this age to do something that, again, was more than I've done in my lifetime as far as moving and exercise and, you know, uh, just crazy. And it's about the anxiety and the worry. And that's what I want to leave you with. It's all worthless. Worry is worthless and anxiety. So we want to control what we can. So I end every episode and it's the perfect way to end this one. And then you let the other stuff go. So I had my headlamp. I had my food. I had my nutrition. I planned. I should have known the route. Things like that. But worry is worthless. Anxiety about something that might happen. And that was what was so powerful during the run is to go over those things in my head and remind myself that they didn't. So what's the point? Think of all the times you worried about something that didn't happen. And then if it did, did you get through it? Was it remotely as bad as you thought? No. And I didn't think I could be nervous the way I was nervous for this. And those last three miles, in the rain and the cold, you know, 48 miles, whatever it was to the finish, uh, you know, deep into the 40s, the high 40s in mileage. I should say this, by the way, you're probably thinking, what, why didn't you look at, my watch was completely wrong as I, oh, I alluded to that. You know, 56 miles it showed and it died two, two miles early. It was somewhere around 50. But in other words, I couldn't really look at my watch to know where I was. Yes, at the end, there was finally a sign that said three miles and then 1.5. But that's part of this whole journey as well. You are just in the moment. When I do other races where it's marked, I try not to look at the mile markers. I don't care. I just want to know how I feel at that moment. Now, you may say, well, that's stupid. You have to fuel yourself. And I have a plan. I'm still going to take in my nutrition every 45 minutes. I'm still going to take in my hydration. That's not going to really change. So I'm working backwards. But when I felt the way I did at the top of the North Rim halfway across and then 30 miles in, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling better. I ran more on the way back than I did on the way out. Part of that was pacing. And a huge part of that was that I felt better 30 miles in than I did 20. And so that's what this is all about. Did this race report to hopefully entertain you a little bit, but also just to show you and tell you that the human body is capable of so much more than you think, that anxiety and, and worry is meaningless, accomplishes nothing, and that we need to challenge ourselves, need to be frightened about your goals, and that's where self-efficacy and confidence comes from is constantly challenging ourselves and getting that confidence that you can get through it. If you don't take chances, you don't get that confidence. And you don't get to experience incredible things. I mean, I've always said how blessed I am that my job is not just helping people 
look better, feel better, live longer, but to put it into practice myself and to travel and to prove that, you know, you got to walk the walk as well. And so that's it. Collect experiences. We have one life. You know, go for it. Get out there. Challenge yourself. I want to thank Bill O'Zane, <laughs> my partner uh, in crime for this race. Amazing. Put the whole thing together. Even had, by the way, not only, you know, finished before me, checked us into our rooms, but he had a piece of pizza and a cheeseburger waiting for me in my room. That was the greatest piece of pizza and the greatest cheeseburger I've ever eaten in my lifetime. Hope you enjoyed this. And uh, again, I just want to say that you can accomplish so much more than you think. That has been my job for years, decades now, helping people do that. And that is what this show is all about. All right, enough. Thank you for listening. I am Tom Holland. And if you have not yet rated the show, please do so. Obviously, this one was longer. Don't don't complain about the length. This was <laughs> this is not a, uh, you know, a show with, you know, specific studies and things like that. A little different. I want to mix it up for you. And that's what it's all about, too. Uh, some science, some stories, some interviews, a little of everything. All right. If you have not subscribed to the podcast, please do so. Uh, and if you want to check out actually uh, pictures, things like that, connect with me. Tom H. Fit is my Instagram as well as Twitter, Tom H. Fit. And you can go right to fitnessdisrupted.com and connect with me there as well. Again, I hope you enjoyed it. You know, I, I hesitated to do a race report, but I know that you can learn from it and hopefully be inspired and get out there and do things that you didn't think you were capable of because you are. There are three things we can control. How much we move, what we put into our mouths and our attitudes. And that is awesome. I'm Tom Holland. This is Fitness Disrupted. Believe in yourself. Fitness Disrupted is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula, berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.